Hey there, welcome back to Community Therapy. This is the podcast that gives you an authentic behind the scenes look at the world of community building brought to you by Hivebright. I'm Morgan Wood, your host. Together this season, we've been exploring the highs, lows, and everything that comes with being a community professional, along with some of the most inspiring community builders. Today, I'm absolutely thrilled to introduce you to Deb Skell, a community builder, writer, coach, and author who's making a significant impact in the community building space. Our deep dive for today, we're exploring building confidence to connect. Let's kick off this insightful conversation with Deb. Let's start with our community confession. Today's community confession reads as follows. Dear Community Therapy, I'm running a community for entrepreneurs and I have two major challenges. One, they seem to be a busy bunch as the community's overall engagement is quite low. And two, they have a di- they have diverse interests and it's tricky to find common ground that appeals to all the members of the community. So Deb, do you have any advice to help with either of these points and most likely both? <laughs> so as a community strategist and consultant, I've helped over 50 entrepreneurs um, build online communities and they don't have time and they are very strapped with energy and motivation. So I would say it depends on what the kind of community it is and, you know, what the goals are and understanding like what you're trying to accomplish. But knowing that each person in that community has lots of things going on, trying to find ways to make it easy for them. Like what's an easy win for them to like come in and feel like they can accomplish something really quickly. Um, I really like those kinds of ideas. Oh, I love that so much. And, you know, when we're talking about engagement, um, what comes to mind for you? Because I know when we're building communities, we're talking about low engagement. That can mean so many different things. And since you've helped so many entrepreneurs specifically be building out communities, how do you talk about engagement with them and how do you help them find that common ground? (laughs) I feel like engagement is such a silly word Um, (laughs) and lack for for a better word that I can think of right now. Um, You know, I did a a project with Agora Pulse, who is a social media management company, and we interviewed people to ask them, uh, social media managers who are doing like reporting around um, engagement. And what we asked them, what does engagement mean? And and of the 10 people we interviewed, they all gave a different answer for this question. (laughs) And so what, what I have found is that it really, again, are we just doing it for engagement's sake? I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs say, well, I want engagement. And I say, well, what does that mean to you? And they say, well, I want it to be, you know, I want people to be talking in here. I want things to be happening and like looking at like it's a cool place to be, right? Great. Yeah. But is are we trying to make the cool kids club or are we doing something intentionally and purposefully? Um, an online community intentionally done is in social media. We're not trying to replicate Facebook or Instagram, but we're trying to leave that kind of concept, that construct of creating content for content's sake. Mm -hmm. That's not what we're trying to do in a community space. In my, in my opinion, in my opinion, (laughs) engagement isn't about just creating a post that says, let's talk about our favorite toppings for a pizza, just because we want to have engagement. Um, I think what is is helpful is to create something that's purposeful. If you ask what brought you to this space, or if you ask what challenges are you experiencing or how, and 
And sometimes people aren't going to want to just drop in those comments. You have to build relationships with people. So it's really about, you know, I see that it takes six months to a year for members to feel comfortable posting something in an online community. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people interact and they're more interested in talking like in a Zoom interactive video style. They'll build relationships and talk with that. And that is engagement. Hello. Yes. <laughs> and you can't, and you can't put that. That's not like a, you, you can't like say, oh, my community is really engaged, but you can't, but you can't see it in a chat mm-hmm. thing. And so what I would say is that's something you don't really necessarily worry about. And if your mm-hmm. members are coming in and saying, well, what's going on? That the question is not that the question is like telling your members, like why this is important and how they can participate and allowing them to feel safe, that it's okay. Because I think a lot of the entrepreneurs I work with assume, they make so many assumptions. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're going to know exactly how to post. Or if I do this, you know, if I put a poll up, they'll answer it or whatever. Nobody has time to answer your polls or answer (laughs) your questions. It's, It's a hard thing to just get on to your community and to like make an effort. Like we have to be we have to prioritize a community in, fir- in the first place. Right. Like I have to put it on my calendar, like as an individual, as an, a busy entrepreneur myself that I'm in many communities, I have to put it on my calendar. I have to like mm-hmm. schedule it in my day. I have to like find a window of time that says Deb's going to go to this community and do X, Y, or Z thing. Yeah. So you have to make it easy for people. And so that's what I mean by engagement for engagement's sake is, is irrelevant in my opinion yeah. for an online community. It's really more about an impact and like, are you really giving the members what you promised them? So if you're giving them a promise of, we're going to help you with X, are you helping them with X? And that's, then they're getting what they need. And they I'm don't just, care if there's 12, co- you know, there's 12,000 comments on a poster. If there's two, they don't, right. I don't think anybody's going in and being like, oh, there's only three people commenting. I don't think I should be here. <laughs> I've never gone into a community and said that. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that's, you know, such a uh, pitfall when building communities is we have this, uh, we've been socialized to think of social media as community and you're so correct. You're so on point. You're so correct with, you know, is it intentional engagement or is it just for, you know, kind of creating that non never ending uh, not helpful, specifically engagement, um, where we're just trying to bolster numbers, um, and which doesn't build those relationships, doesn't make people necessarily want to come back to your community if they're coming in and seeing just a lot of chatter that's not supporting them. If it's yeah, if it's not relevant to the content of the community, because your community has to be super like uh, um, you know niche or whatever, intentional of like whatever the community concept and community messages are. So if you're off topic, like a pizza conversation or something <laughs> in, in a, like a business networking community, obviously they're going to be like, Oh, this is like a Facebook group. I'm not going to be, this is a waste of time. Like, like they would be turned off. They would be like, I'm not coming back here and wasting my time with these people who are talking about pizza topics. Right. I'm not saying that somebody would be doing that, but I'm just getting the silly example of, I've seen some people that are like trying to create a sense. And I think it's just better. Your time and energy is so much better spent on things that help and support the community concept, the community messaging and and what we're all there to do, because communities really are about implementation, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's really about let's do something together. How can we do things together? And how can you help me and support me in doing something? Cause I don't really want to do it alone, whatever the thing is. Exactly. 
Oh, Deb, that is literally, you've teed us up perfectly for today's episode. <laughs> this is why I'm so excited to be talking with you today, because I would love to learn more from you about building uh, the ideal member or building that, uh, you know, that uh, sometimes we're calling it user persona. Sometimes folks are referring it to as uh, community fit. So I'd love to learn from you about how you take everything we just talked about and start you know, from the beginning, which I think when we were talking about, you know, doing this episode together, we really fell on to that topic of, you know, what is that ideal member fit and how can community builders help identify that? So can we start from the beginning? Can you help us demystify building the ideal member? (laughs) Yeah. So I have a background in journalism and I used to be a reporter back in the day and I would have to go up to cops and uh, politicians and ask them not fun questions that they didn't want to answer. So I got into really uncomfortable conversations pretty early in my career. Um, And that benefited me later now, because what it's helped me do is reach out to people that I don't know and ask them questions. And I think that's the biggest fear that a lot of people have is they just don't want to talk to people they don't know and ask them questions. And it's really just about being a little uncomfortable and saying, hey, I'm just, I would like to get to know you. And here's an idea I have, and I want to just tell you about it. And I think that this would be a good fit for you, like based on what I know about you, the three things I know about you or whatever. Um, So what I typically recommend people to do when we're talking about ideal clients is looking at the network you already have in existence. So a lot of people I work with don't have a big audience to start. If they're thinking about building a paid online community, which is a lot of people I work with, um, you know, I really talk about, they really need to have some kind of an audience first, because if you're trying, you don't want, you don't want to be like, Hey, buy my membership before (laughs) you know the people, right. They have to like, know, like, and trust you. I didn't know this either. When I first started, I didn't know this at all, but anyway, so you have to build this know, like, and trust factor. And to do that, you have to get to know people. And so knowing people is about building relationships and having conversations with people. You can do that in a very variety of ways. So one of the ways to do that is having a phone call or an in-person conversation with somebody. I like to call them chats because that's just more fun than an interview, but like, (laughs) you know, just having a chat with somebody and looking in your email list or your LinkedIn connects or your Facebook friends, seeing who connects most to what you're trying to do, like whatever your community concept or the community that you're working in, or you're trying to build who most relates to the message and could be an ideal member for you, reaching out to them, identifying like, hi, I'm doing this thing. I have an idea. That's it. That's all you've got to do. Would you want to chat with me about it for like 15 minutes, half an hour? Doesn't have to be an hour. We don't have to have strategic, like 20 questions. (laughs) doesn't have to be super like that. You really just want to get a sense of what are they struggling with and what are the problems they're having? And do they spend time in an online community already? Where do they hang out? And are they doing things with other people? And are they getting their problems addressed and solved? Or is that something they're struggling with on their own? Because if those, be, if you can identify that you can solve, you can help them in a community solve the problem that they're struggling with, and they want to do it with other people, those are your ideal members. Oh. 
Beautiful. And when you're setting all of this up, what type of questions are you typically asking folks to help identify that? So I'm, you know, putting my community builder hat on and thinking of, okay, I'm starting from scratch. I'm reaching out to my LinkedIn connections. I'm reaching out to my Facebook connections. Um, how, what do you have any questions or any tips on how to best tackle that? Cause I think that for some, that might be like a little overwhelming. Well, just asking, like, again, just the first couple questions of, are you interested in this topic? <laughs> Beautiful. Just, I'm talking about, you know, building an online community and building an online business. I've mm-hmm. seen that you've started an online business. Are you, how are you doing with that? Yeah. <laughs> What's that about? I'd like to learn more about your thing. If you ask people about their thing, they'd love to tell you about their thing. So if there's a way you can find out by via way of them telling you about their thing, that's usually the best way. So if you say, Hey, I see you're doing a thing. I'd like to learn more about that. They're more interested in telling you about their thing and via, then you can learn. Oh, cool. I have a community that we're doing an online business thing and I'm bringing online business owners together in this online community where we're going to be networking so that you can like really hone in on your online business skills and grow your marketing and like expand and scale, blah, blah, blah. Like here are the benefits and all that stuff. Right. Um, Would you be interested in learning more about it? And I can go into details to get some feedback from you to see if it's a good fit. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Because I think that is really brings us back to what you first said with your career in journalism and asking, getting comfortable asking questions. Oftentimes what I've experienced and what I've seen, you know, um, new folks experience with building communities is we get a little bit of that stage fright um, up when you're either speaking in your community and it's already launched and you have your members or in that initial building phase where you're a little nervous and reserved. You don't want to ask the wrong question. So, you know, what I'm hearing from you is that to be bold in asking those questions and to make sure that you're uh, also reaching out and meeting them where they're at and prompting them to give you more information versus coming in really hard with that sales pitch. Well, the vulnerability is, is the biggest, I think, point that I've really learned is just being honest with people and say, here's where I'm at. I'm really at the beginning of this phase. Like if that's where you are, like wherever you are, just tell them where you're at. Here's what I've done so far, you know? Um, I'm really at the beginning of this, or we're doing a beta program and I just, am getting some feedback in the very initial stages. <laughs> just be honest with people because really they appreciate that. And the biggest thing I've learned is that when you include people in the process, they really feel like they're a part of it. Um, yeah. and, and then you're empowering them and you're, and they're feeling like, oh, wow, she values what I think or say or do or what I want. And yeah. that matters to people when you feel, when you give them, that, um, that ability to be heard, obviously that's kind of our goal in community building is we want people, we want to give this, this stage for people to be heard and and to be seen in this way, because that's what social media doesn't really allow us to do. We get seen or visible, but it's in a challenging way where we get feedback that might not always be the best kind of feedback (laughs) or we get random weird things that happen on social media (laughs) versus communities where we, there's a little bit more control and there's safe space and there's, um, guidelines and, you know, guide rails in place for, and people that are kind of all in the same 
hopefully that would be kind of at the same space or, you know, in the same interested phases that you're in so that they're, you're going to get valuable feedback and not just cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that one, like, exactly. cool, keep doing that <laughs> from keep people. Going. And from I your, love from your mom on social media, like, <laughs> yeah. keep doing it. Good job. Good job. And Deb, I love that so much because um, what you said at the beginning, you said, um, you know, people are coming into a community to be seen. Um, and I think that's the the little bit of that difference that we have to, as community builders, also adopt more confidently, especially in the beginning phases, is thinking about, okay, I'm showing up and I'm intentionally building this relationship. It's not necessarily that same mindset that we've, I think, over time developed with social media, where you're perceiving a lot, you're not necessarily getting to know that person, you're, you have that glossy social media observation, but you're not seen. And so I think that distinction between community really rests there. And then you're building off of like the questions you're saying, where you're building relationships and actually seeing the person, meeting them where they're at, um, and building a foundation ultimately. Yeah. We don't have to be perfect, shiny Instagram people because we're not, guess what? We're not, none of us are perfect. And we all have challenges in life and we're all human beings struggling to like, just make it through the day or whatever the situation is. So I think it's just helpful to recognize and be, and just walk in our, walk into those virtual or in-person spaces, just being our best, you know, just, just being real with people and yeah. when we can. And, and sometimes that doesn't always work because we have perspectives and sometimes it, we misstep and make mistakes and guess what that's going to happen. And, you know, yeah. people call us out on it. And then I would be the first one. If somebody called me out on my mistake to say, you're completely right. I want to know how to fix this and not make that mistake again. So I think owning up to mistakes is another important factor of just yeah. acknowledging and saying, we're going to make mistakes. Yeah. We're not perfect. No, nobody is. No one is. And that's just the human experience. Like you have so, to, you have to look, fail in order, in order to learn in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's so funny. My mind has been like, so like mind blown recently about this idea of like, everything is made up. Yes. <laughs> like just when you, when you get to this part of your eight, like your eight, that like time in your life, when you realize that like everything, everything in the world has been made up, like yeah. everything It's somebody at some point in history has decided to say that this is a mouse. Somebody has <laughs> decided to say that we're going to call this a wall and this a computer at whatever, you know what I mean? That yeah. somebody decided to make a wheel and then put a spoke on it and make it a wheelbarrow, you know, like, and that it's, we can create all of this stuff like this. I don't know. It's silly. It's just, no, absolutely. And I've, I've been on that same, uh, I think like path currently where I'm realizing and also kind of, uh, giving myself a lot more grace when I make mistakes or when something doesn't go exactly according to plan, because I'm still unlearning the you know, someone has all the answers. I think so much of like, you know, uh, growing up from the time you're a kid up until, you know, you're, you hit your professional career, you're kind of under this assumption that, uh, 
that someone has the answers, someone has to know the exact way to do something perfectly, when ultimately it's just coming down to that unique individual making those choices. <laughs> and they've taken it from others and it, you've slowly learned this. And I think in co- the community building space, <laughs> naming that and saying, hey, we're all learning together. We're all building together, especially in this industry is yeah. so valuable and freeing because yeah, like it's made up. And so that means that you get to make up parts too and you get to find ways to play around and experiment. It's freeing. <laughs> oh, completely. When you realize that everything is made up and that you can make up stuff too. Not to say that we're making things up. Like, right. that's, you know, there's a, there's a fine line of what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm, out of context, but I'm just saying like, just yeah. thinking about, just thinking about it in a way of there aren't, there's not somebody that has all of the answers and there. I feel like there's just no right answers. There's the right answer for you. And you are the only one that can determine that Yeah, and nobody else. So. And it perfectly builds into the, what we're talking about with member fit too, where your, your members are determining if this is the right community for them. It's not that you're building the perfect community for, I I think sometimes when we talk about, um, you know, especially when we're talking about business to business or, uh, or even just like uh, a paid community, uh, when you're building this audience and you're building a community for folks, even if someone's the perfect fit, they may not be attracted to your community just because that's them. (laughs) Like that's their preference. And so being able to have that flexibility is so they might have a, it depends on where they're at in life, like their yeah. life phase, like they might have a busy life that it just doesn't fit at this right time. It has to be, the timing has to be right. The, yeah, the messaging has to be right. And the person has to be ready. Like yeah. there's like community is, I feel like a lot of communities are about change, like transformation and change. Some people just aren't ready for change. Like I've been a person that's not ready for a lot of change all the time. And sometimes we just need a pause and just to like, a lot of what I help clients with is just saying no sometimes to things oh, to change yes. because, <laughs> you know, finding calm is a lot about identifying and slowing down and saying, what is it that I really am trying to accomplish here? Because I think we get so wrapped up in the tech tools and comparison of all what everybody else is doing and where I should be compared to where I am and what everybody expects of me or what I think people are saying about me, like all of these other things, none of that matters. All that matters is what do I want? What is, what are, what do I need? What do I want? What are the things that I have goals or ambitions or interests about? Are these in line with my values and my purpose and my mission? And is it something I enjoy? Because if you're doing all this stuff and then you're stressed and overwhelmed, every day that's not gonna work no it's not long term no not sustainable absolutely okay so Deb the next question I have written down for you and I think it kind of builds into what we've been talking about is so you know, you find your ideal member fit, you are starting to have these conversations, you're building your foundation. Um now you get to the phase where you start getting people into your community, but you've 
as they come in, they're not necessarily active. And so it kind of connects back to that initial question we had from the confession of the activity and engagement. So, you know, what have you seen work in your experience with uh, folks who are being super intentional um, with building their relationships and how they connect that um, to their business with activity. So we were talking earlier about how you don't want to do engagement just for volume sake. You want to be doing it for impact. And so what have you seen entrepreneurs be successful? What have you found successful in that? Does that I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, I would say like collaborations are what I have found and I recommend, um, my clients and other community builders really, um, help like work on meaning who can you partner with to do things together, whether that's a live workshop, a, um, a summit, a, um, a VIP day, a special event that you want to highlight a member, a skill sharing event where maybe you can have a community led event with some mem- highlighting members. Um, which is what I always love is like how, you know, if a member can lead an event, um, I did a book club, um, that we did a collaboration with another community. So two communities got together and did a books book study, uh, for an eight week book study. And we had the author come and speak uh, at the book study. Um, so yeah, so there was, a there's, I think collaborations and just finding ways to do things together with others that elevate and, and help um, bring visibility to, to multiple people or brands at the same time, um, and communities and both build our communities and help each other be more visible. I think that that would be one of the ways. And that's beautiful. And I know you, you just mentioned member led. Can you tell me what you mean by that and how can, you know, a community become member led? Yeah. So one of the, when I was, so I had led my community for two years, um, I had a community called Find Calm Here, and we had events uh, for community builders. And the first year I did a book club, and it was really overwhelming because I was leading it, and I'm really, like, detail-oriented. And so, like, I like to put really detailed notes together. And Anyway, I did so much work for it. I put it all on myself, and I was like, that's a lot of work. So then the next year, I was like, what do you all want to do? And they were like, we should do a book club. And I'm like, okay, who's leading it? because <laughs> I, it's not going to be me. That's what I said. And what happened was I set up a zoom and a couple of the members got on the zoom and we set up dates that each one volunteered to lead, um, a book club meeting. Um, and they would just have a discussion call for each chapter. I think we did two chapters at a time or something. It wasn't, I think it was like two chapters at a time. And that's what I mean by like a member-led event where the member comes um, on a call and kind of leads that discussion call. Um, Sometimes it's helpful to have members share a skill. So we had um, another session where a colleague of mine came on and shared a skill around getting noticed and getting published on um, some platforms like Medium. Mm -hmm. And so she shared tips on like, how do you get published with um, authority magazine. So, um, people wanted to know about that. So we had like a really nice, she was a member of my community, but she was helping people learn about this, um, thing that people wanted to know about things like that. 
Oh, that's beautiful. And have you found that when community members see one member doing something that's member-led that others also feel that inclination? Is there a bit of a domino effect that you've seen take place in your community? I think it's, I mean, people want to share what they know and like, like to highlight we'd like to highlight members uh, as well. So I think, yeah, the collaboration, like people be like, oh, I can share something I know. And also this benefits the host. One of my clients was struggling because she's like, you know, we have, we haven't really had time to find speakers or we don't really have a budget to pay speakers. And um, but we wanted to do events for our community. And, and then the community members said about leading events. And they said, well, here, this solves your problem because now you don't have to pay speakers. You can just have member-led events and they want to, and the members are contributing and they're participating more. So now you're creating more participation and engagement in your community because they're leading member-led events and you don't have to pay anybody <laughs> because they're doing it. And so it also- it's... Oh, sorry. It's like a a circle, right? (laughs) Exactly. I was just going to say that. So it comes full circle. And then you are also providing that leadership opportunity. You're giving them ownership. You're putting them in the driver's seat, like all of the things that we talk about so frequently. So it's starting with, have you found it's helpful to start small with something Um, although a book club isn't necessarily small, but, you know, starting small with the book club chapters and having them lead in that way. And And I also, I also didn't tell them that they needed to do a book report or anything like that. They didn't have to have like a presentation they can do just show up on a call. And what, what did we like about chapter three? Yeah. Like we don't have to have a structured discussion. One of the members did have a presentation because she likes to do those, but like I made it really low barrier to entry, because if you tell people like, well, you have to do seven things, then it's not going to happen. I mean, like, unless it's, you know, a really, a person who's really dedicated (laughs) to like the thing, but, um, making it really easy for them to like be a part of it, I feel like is a really key thing, especially in the beginning. So yeah, making it really accessible, like, you know, show, you know, if you want to lead an event, you know, I, I worked with my client on building like a checklist of things like here, here's what you would, would do like, and here's how it would work. And, you know, we can jump on a call and we can talk about it and workshop if you want to do a skill sharing workshop, you know, and then, you know, don't worry, we'll be on a call with you. And if you, you know, you know, building confidence takes time. So, you know, you don't, we're all in it together. We don't, exactly. you know, you don't have to, we're not, we're not preventing, presenting a Ted talk. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I think that also is so important to highlight is like, you're providing them the guardrails, like you said, um, you're then walking them through of like, okay, here's the checklist. Uh, this is what it's going to look like. I'll be on the call with you and really demonstrating to them how to lead by you leading that conversation. And so it, it can make it a little easier for them over time to say, okay, I've seen at this community event, this is the way Deb does it. This is the way Morgan does it. So I'm going to do it my way, but now I have these, this checklist and these guides to help, help me build up my confidence. Yeah, People want things modeled for them. They want some examples, but then taking it, like taking that example. And like, I always recommend people not giving exact templates. I like people ask me for templates and I'm like, well, templates are okay, but you really want to make something that's your own. So like taking examples is fine, but like really create something that like 
speaks to what you care about and what what's like what you've learned and what your expertise is because that'll really shine when it comes right from you. Yeah, absolutely. I um I wanted to share that yeah. you know there might be people thinking this is, sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> and what do you and, say? <laughs> and it is. Yes. <laughs> uh, it is. It no just is. It. There's just not a way around building relationships other than to build relationships. There's no hack. There's no simple trick. Um, Building relationships takes time. And if you are somebody who says, I don't have the time to do that, then community building might not be for you. So that's okay. Yeah. But just just be aware of that. And then if you're somebody that really wants to be in this, but is like, I don't know that I have, I think we talked about like imposter syndrome uh, in our call initially and like confidence. Um, I was sharing with you a story around um, building confidence and how it takes, it takes a little bit at a time and like get building a habit of of confidence is really about trying uncomfortable things. And I talked about that with like, you know, asking uncomfortable questions, but doing that is just putting yourself in the position of being uncomfortable. Okay. So Deb, um, on that same trail of thought, when you're thinking about building community and you're realizing anyone listening that, oh shoot, this is a huge undertaking. Um, I don't know if I can do it. I know when we first were brainstorming on this episode, you told us um, a wonderful story about how you build confidence. And I would love for you to share it uh, with others if you, if you would. Yeah, totally. So um, one of the things that I, um, that I feel like really helped me build some confidence a few years ago was when I fell out of a kayak. (laughs) So I'm from uh, central Pennsylvania and we have the uh, Susquehanna river here. And a friend of mine had uh, mentioned back a couple years ago and asked me to go on a kayaking trip. And so Uh, He took me out on his kayak and unfortunately uh, I fell out of the kayak and later the kayak sank and I ended up hanging on to the back end and the side of his kayak as we tried to paddle upstream in very strong currents that were like molasses for about four and a half hours to five hours. And, uh, it's about 10 or 11 o'clock at night, we got to the, sh- the, to the shore and mm-hmm. I literally thought I was going to die because it was very scary and people have died in that river. So they're, you know, that's not a, not unrealistic thing. Right. And that sometimes would make people feel like I would never go kayaking. If I were you, <laughs> if that was my experience. I would never go kayaking again. Um, but what I did was the next spring, I said, I really want to learn how to kayak. Like so I could handle that situation. And if I was ever in that situation again, I could handle that situation and feel confident in it. Um, I really wanted to do that. So I mm-hmm. took a, a weekend course on learning how to kayak and uh, it was a lake. I was super safe. There was like three guys that were like training me and helping me. And it was very, very comforting. And like, by the end of the weekend, I felt like, all right, I feel like I can do this thing called kayaking. And they were <laughs> like, you're doing really great. How about you train to become a river rafting guide? And I'm like, what? 
Um, I don't know about that. I've been kayaking a whole three <laughs> times in my lifetime. So, <laughs> but somehow these guys convinced me to uh, train. So I trained for six weeks to become a, a river rafting guide. Uh, mind you, I only had guide went in a river in a boat like twice before that time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh we have the in the Poconos region they have white water so I was up in the Poconos right. region learning how to kayak in white water trained for six <laughs> weeks and then became a river rafting guide in 2019 my first official trip as a river rafting guide I fell out of my kayak and, oh my <laughs> a, and a uh, guest in a boat like was like floating along and looked at me and she goes, you fell out of your kayak. You should probably get back in. And I was like, <laughs> that's a good idea. I was like freaking out, feeling like just having this anxious, like feeling of like, I fell out of my kayak in the river and I'm going to die. And like, then when she like floated by and just, you know, like, Hey, you should get back. In. I was like, Oh yeah, probably should do that. So I got back in my kayak. But anyway, every time I went on the river, I was terrified, terrified yeah. that that was the day that Deb was going to fall out of the kayak and possibly die or something. Right. And over that summer, every time I went in the water, I was so scared. And I did a little video. I had a GoPro <laughs> and every time I was on my, on my kayak, you could hear me in the GoPro saying like, smile, yeah. it's okay. You're going to be okay. <laughs> and the more and more times I did that, the easier it was to get in that boat and the easier it was to be in that river. And the more confident I felt maneuvering my boat and going around those currents and talking to guests and, and feeling like I know what I'm doing and I can be here and I'm a guide. By the end of the summer, I was like, I'm a river rafting guide, you know, yeah. like I was like, yeah, yeah you are. <laughs> so it's like little things, yeah. uncomfortable things over and over again. Mm -hmm. And it's just getting comfortable with things. And it's, it's just the things that we don't know, you know, it's like things that are unknown. And then when we know them, they're, and they're familiar, then they're like, oh, now we know. It's just the, oh just the unfamiliar. Yeah. And I love that story so much because I'm imagining you, you fall out of this kayak and your guest is floating by and it kind of just jumps out in my mind to me as like the community management experience, like the feeling where you messed up, you make a mistake, you fall off your boat and your members being like, Hey, everything good. <laughs> and they're floating by and they're ready for you to get right back up. And like that definitely stood out to me of like, Oh my gosh, I relate so much to that building confidence over time. Um, granted not as high stakes as being in, <laughs> in the boat in the river along with you, but I totally related in that way, um, from that story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story with us. How have you seen, uh, your confidence build just generally, in your, um, in your consulting and community building after becoming a river raft guide? <laughs> I, I think that since then, um, I think it's been hard. The transition to doing online community consulting has been really difficult. Um, I didn't intend to be a consultant. Yeah. It wasn't in the plan. Um, but now, you know, three years into it, I've really learned that it's really about slowing down and just 
being a little bit ahead of other people and then helping guide them along the way. Um, and just, just being really honest with people about stuff. Like I don't have all the answers and mm-hmm. I'm not going to guarantee that you're going to make a million dollars if you work for me <laughs> with me, not for me, with yeah. me. but, um, but I can tell you that I'll help you find some calm in this process. And I can tell you that I've helped these people do this. And they've said that that's how I've helped them do. So I can tell you that. And that's all I can say. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm writing a book about it. And so I'm excited about the book and the book is called creator to community builder. And it's all about my experiences of helping people build online communities. Lovely. I cannot wait to read it. Um, congratulations too on writing a book that is huge and we'll definitely put in the show notes any links and make sure that folks listening in can um, also access um, your upcoming book do you have a release date (laughs) not at this stage uh it is currently it just got finished with developmental editing it's currently in it's finished written wise and it's it's went through first rounds of edits it's currently in second round of edits with copy editing and layout is next stage. So book book publishing is quite a ordeal. And um, (laughs) I have started it in the summer of 2022. And so it's now March as we record this March of 2023 and uh, still about probably about six months away from seeing a actual publishing of it. So I'm hoping fall of 2023. Uh, Thank you so much for sharing your uh, story where you're building your confidence and more about how you're building calm alongside of so many entrepreneurs and what that looks like for you. We're so thankful uh, for you joining us today. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be a part of this, this project in your podcast. So thank you. If you've got something on your mind, whether it's a question, a comment, or possibly a juicy confession, drop us a line in our inbox, communitytherapy at hivebright.com, or leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com forward slash communitytherapy. We would love to hear from you. A massive thank you to Deb for being with us today. Don't forget to follow her on LinkedIn to see what she's up to next. Before we sign off, let's not forget, while we're here for all things community, we're not a replacement for professional therapy. If you're facing a mental health challenge, don't hesitate to reach out to organizations like the National Alliance on Mental Illness or Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. There's no shame in seeking help. In fact, it's a strength. If you enjoyed our chat today, hit the subscribe button on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on LinkedIn for all the latest updates and insights into the world of community building. Community therapy is powered by Hive Bright an all-in-one platform that makes building, managing, and growing your community a breeze. Thank you so much for listening, and we can't wait to catch you next time on Community Therapy.